Hello and welcome back to the Point Left podcast with your hosts Skylar and Kaylin. We first try. We have been having some technical difficulties. Um, like what the last what like forty five <laughs> minutes at least at least. Um, so hopefully the audio sounds okay. If it doesn't, we are simply doing the best that we can. Um, so I do apologize. Um, but last night I went and saw Renfield. Oh, the new um, Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt, the two Nicholas, and I went with Nicholas, my man's. Um, oh my god, your man's and Hannah's man's, who's also named Nick, should all can like can they become friends? <laughs> I feel yes. like I'm setting up a play date. Yes, where it's like, can your boy and Hannah's boy be like best boys <laughs> be just because they have the same name? That's kind of all you need for a friendship between two guys, though. I think it's so. something that small. Yeah, and then they'll just they'll just gab and give and gab. And, and have a <laughs> whatever men do. Whatever men do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but I unfortunately had the same issue with Renfield <gasps> that I had with um, John Wick. The Wickening. Where um, I neglected to realize that it would be so gory it's really yeah. not it's really not that bad i feel like it's not that bad for most people but i'm i just feel like maybe i'm like hypersensitive to that or whatever but there was lots of like limbs being ripped off and yeah. like i yeah i just didn't think about it before going so um it was fine it was you know if you have an a-lister account like go <laughs> and see it otherwise eh, not sure i would i would recommend nick really liked it but i i wasn't the biggest fan i thought some of the humor was kind of juvenile mm, the power of the cage compels you yeah yeah but it was oh yeah nicholas cage did have um an accent which i wasn't sure if it was just because of the giant you thought fucking, he wouldn't well i knew he would i knew i knew our king would come through <laughs> would come through with an accent as dracula can you roll your r's dracula <laughs> I'm so, I'm so jealous. Can you not? No. Oh, she's white, white. <laughs> no, I can't. Oh my do god! It. People have been trying to teach me my entire life. I, I, I can't do it. You can't I, be Catwoman anymore. No, Kaylin. that was literally that was a reason because when I went to high school, you could either take French, Japanese, or Spanish, and I specifically did not take Spanish because I could not roll my R's, and I'm like, they're mm. going to flame me, and it's going to be. A bad experience. Um, yeah, people have tried to teach me over the years since birth, practically, and I just, I, I don't know why I, I can't do it. Um, but guys, today, so I, I texted Skylar earlier. We were supposed to record um, earlier, and then I was like, "Hey, can we actually record at this time? Because I have some chores I have to do around the house." Um, and what chores did you have to do? Oh my god! Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I know everyone was so curious. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of a plumber, guys. I'm kind of a plumber. What? We, um, so we have had, I don't know if you actually know this. Do you, our, up, our upstairs sink, like, does not drain. Oh, no, I did not know this. Oh. It, our upstairs sink didn't drain. Um, it was, yeah, it was very, very clogged up. And it, like, literally has been that way for months. And we have all just been too, like, I don't even know if lazy is the right term. I just don't want to, like, bother our property manager um mm. with things that i feel like might be our fault <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm like you know what one of these days one of these days i'm gonna i'm just gonna figure out how to declog it it's fine it's fine and i did i had to go, i watched a little youtube video i had to go under the sink and i had to like do this little thingy and i had to take this thing out and i had to clean it and i fucking did it and guess what it drains but it was a little scary because i was like oh my god i fixed it amazing incredible and then i ran the sink and there was a leak and i was like no no i've made things worse now i'm gonna have to go to my property manager and be like hey so we had this one issue that actually probably wasn't that big of a deal um that you could have fixed very easily but then i tried to fix it myself and now there's a larger issue that now you have to fix um but i did fix the leak as well mm. um so call me for your plumbing needs it's giving the mario brothers <laughs> I want Luigi in a carnal way. What? <laughs> I went and saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh my God, and my think? only takeaway was I want Luigi. There's something about Charlie Day's voice. Voicing Luigi. I was getting bothered. Do you not my, just want Charlie Day? So I don't know. <laughs> my letterbox review is I want Luigi to redacted my redacted to like redacted. <laughs> Luigi! 
Just to flex on the R rolling that you can't do. Um, that was not what I expected you to say. Oh my god. Also, everyone's like, Chris Pratt deserves an apology from the internet about his accent. I'm like, why? Because he did the Mario voice kind of okay one time. Anyone can. Yeah. Chris I Pratt voice say- doing, are you paying too much for plumbing? <laughs> Has been in my head for a minute. I will say, um, I, I I was one of the haters. I was one of the haters when the um, trailer came out. And I was like, why the fuck is Chris Pratt voicing this? Chris I'm still Pratt. a little like, why the fuck is Chris yeah. Pratt voicing this, to be completely honest? No, you're right. Um, but I was very like, he doesn't even have an accent. Like, what the fuck is this? But then I watched the movie, and they do explain like the accent a little, uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, and reflecting, I'm like, that makes sense. Because I do think that the, like... It's a me. Yeah, I think that would get a little ridiculous, like in an hour and a half long movie. To have I mean, to they've listen done to it that. before. That's the thing too. It's like for me, if it would just be like because they've done the Super Mario movies mm-hmm. before and like video games, whatever. I don't think it would be that annoying. But for me, Chris Pratt can't decide of whether or not he wants to be like do a typical Brooklyn accent or an Italian accent. Yeah. He wants to be like, yeah, Chris. Just at, when he's in the Chris. Mushroom Kingdom for the first time, he just goes. Mario. And I'm like, Chris, you didn't even try. Christopher. Especially when he's next to Jack Black, who's putting his whole, like, jiblissy. Jack Black killed it. What's the song? What's the song? Peaches, peaches, <laughs> peaches, peaches, peaches. We know what he's it. talking about. I love this it. This peach doesn't have lips. Who's the other? Pe- I, I literally the entire... Sorry, I... Good. Please cut me off. I was about to go gross. Um, I, for the life of me, could not remember. What's the name of the orange princess? Daisy? Daisy. That's what it was. Um, Who was your, like, go-to for Super Mario Kart? Toad. Toad. Interesting. I was always Daisy. I was, I was like, because I'm, I'm a princess, but I'm a brunette. (laughs) (laughs) I like Toad. Um, Or it was Yoshi. The androgynous nature of Toad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who were like, what's my gender? They picked Toad as a kid. Which gender is Toad? Toad's Toad. What's a Toad? That Toad. Why do they What call... pronouns do you use for Toad? <laughs> That's Toad. They, them. <laughs> toad uses they, them pronouns. Um, I'm like, why? I never understood why Toad was named Toad. Because it's like he's... a little mushroom. No, no. It's kind of like, for me, he's called Toad because they are Toads. The same way that like Winnie the Pooh is named the way. Because he's a Pooh Bear. So they're just calling him like... Oh. Technically, Winnie the Pooh's name is Winnie. Isn't that crazy? Oh, Winnie. Like Winnie. Winifred yeah. the Pooh Bear. Winifred. <laughs> Winifred the Pooh Bear is his government name. <laughs> Okay, guys, I know you were all waiting. I know you were all waiting. So remember last episode where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do a beverage of the episode. I'm doing it. I don't give. I don't care what anyone thinks. It's a fun little thing for me to do. Um, and if you know me, I'm a bevy girl through and through. We've been through this. We've been through this. But today I'm trying a new kombucha. Um, it's Blood Orange Carrot and Ginger by HealthAid. And I really like this, um, this company. They usually have good stuff. They have a passion fruit one that I love. You and passion fruit. I think passion fruit tastes like armpits. I know. I'm like, a lot of people don't love passion fruit. Oh, I love it. Okay. Here's a little. Ooh. It's like, remember when the other one exploded? Yeah. Last time <laughs> when I was trying that recess drink, um, I, luckily I opened it like before we started recording because it did explode. <laughs> um, so that would have been a fun little thing to have on camera. Um, but I did have to run to the sink really quickly. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Right, thoughts. That looks like a potion. Like the bottle is very potion shaped. I know it does. It does seem very potion-y. That's that it's potion. fine. It's not, it's not my favorite. I don't know if I would repurchase, um, but it's not bad. Like it's not bad. It's a kombucha. We got I, a mid com. We got a mid booch. <laughs> right as she was about to swallow. That's how you get them. A mid cum. <laughs> I saw you try and save it, but you already said it. It was too late. Okay, actually, the second taste, the second taste was better. You're gaslighting yourself. That's all it was. I think it's because I got Stockholm. I got got too much um like bubbles in in the first one. Carbonation. (laughs) Yeah, that'll mask the flavor. Um. Also, we're doing something a little bit different. I think with the rest of our episodes because I had. Um, I was spiraling the other day and I was just like, I don't have time to make like quality episodes and I want to put quality episodes out. Um, So we're starting a new format. 
um, where each episode, one of us is going to kind of lead. That way we have like two weeks to kind of research and stuff. Um, Because I don't know if you guys could tell in the last episode, I like was not well researched at all. Um, Hence all the like webcam interruptions (laughs) where I was like, hey guys, Mm -hmm. so this was actually incorrect. (laughs) Um, So... This episode, Skylar is leading, so take it away. Oh my gosh. All right, so I told you a little bit, oh my fucking God. I told you this a little bit before we started recording, but um, this concept is a, it's a problem that I I personally had to deal with, um, and that's the idea of separating the art from the artist. We're going to definitely go into that a little bit later, but it stems from this idea, and some people use this interchangeably, of this theory called death of the author. And I think it's a really interesting, fascinating literary theory. So I'm going to play like a little bit of like a teacher-student moment, teach you what this is, because oh you said God. you didn't know. Um, so the first time I heard about this, it was because um, people were wanting to use the death of the author principle when it comes to Joanne Rowling. And <laughs> the Joanne. I will call her by her government <laughs> name. Uh, and um, just like she was just like she wants everyone to do for everyone else. And um, so one of the Joanne fans then messaged that creator of that original video explaining what that is. And because they thought death of the author meant that the video essayist was literally calling for people to kill JK Rowling. Oh, they're like, that is not what death of the author does not mean we are wishing death upon the actual author. We are not using death threats. It's just a it's a literary concept. Mm -hmm. So the phrase death of the author comes from a 1967 essay by French. They're always French literary critic and theorist Roland Barthes. And Bartha's essay argues against traditional literary criticisms of the time by because they had to they had this practice of relying on the intentions and biography of an author to definitively explain the ultimate meaning of a text. And um, instead, he said the s the key we should emphasize um, each individual's reader interpretation of the work over any quote unquote definitive meaning intended by the author. Um, Basically, it's a literary theory that says that things like who the author was, what time period they lived in, the the details about their lives, add no relevant context. Like, you shouldn't need to know anything about the author. In fact, the best way to engage with a text is to know nothing, is to basically have the author be anonymous. Um, so were you in AP Lit when you were in high school? Yeah. Um, so did you read Animal Farm? Yes. So, like, before you read Animal Farm, you got, like, an entire lesson on the history of communism before you read it, so, so you know who Stalin, who Lenin was. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, sometimes some kids read Macbeth, and, like, before you read Macbeth, you learn about Shakespeare's personal relationship to the monarchy, the historical views, the how he would have felt about war, and, like, you know, all of his direct, um, like, things in his life that would bleed into his own writing. And Death of the Authors basically just says that all of that context is unnecessary and that the work is just free-floating out there, untethered to a creator. It just is. When it was made and who made it are not important um, Mm -hmm. at all to the actual body of work itself. And I disagree, but I would like to know your thoughts on that concept just as a concept. Interesting. I'm actually... So I'm going to come from this from like a script writing perspective um, because... This is actually something that I feel, but I'm like, I'm like, now I'm kind of like changing my thoughts. Oh my God, who would have guessed? It's a nuanced topic. (laughs) Crazy. Bitches hate nuance. I know. (laughs) But, um, I, I have always kind of been a firm believer that like, you should not require context for a movie. Like the, the script should be able to like mm. provide you context in order for it to be like well-written. Um, Cause there are a lot of things where like, I'm, and like, obviously this isn't like if it's a sequel or something. Yeah. I'm saying if it's like a standalone movie and I, I fucking hate when people, cause fucking, sorry, I feel like I'm swearing a lot. Um, but oh, like, do you know the fuck you are talking to? <laughs> the, I just said like it so much in one sentence. Okay. Anyway. Um, but I feel like so many film bros will be like, no, you don't get it. Like, it's because of this, 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 and this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but that wasn't, like, explained in the movie. Yeah. And I'm watching the movie. And if I didn't get it, frankly, I don't think that's a reflection of, like, me. I think that's a reflection of the filmmaker not, like, giving enough context or not being, like, well-written enough to have made me understand it. Because because you're supposed to, like, create the world, right? Yeah. Um, but that's coming from, like, a... 
like fictional well, i guess this is a fictional standpoint yeah. as well uh, most of death of the author it stems from literary works but mm-hmm. you can apply this type of theory to other things so feel free to do that okay which is okay. like a lot of the language that they use refers yeah. to like books that makes sense literature. that makes sense but for example like something like animal farm like yeah. i think it is really important to have that context of like the time period and like the things mm-hmm. that it's referencing and things like that to have like that background knowledge does make it a more like in-depth read i guess or i I think you're able to grasp more from the writing with that knowledge and that context Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i do think it is the author's responsibility to provide that context like within the writing but when it comes to like the personal lives of authors Mm -hmm it is difficult to make that separation because you are giving financial power to that author. (laughs) I think of Kanye West, for example. Oh, we're going to get into both of those. Don't you fret. We are going to get into those. Don't think I didn't forget about Kanye (laughs) or Joanne. Where it's like, there's, there's things like that where it's like, no, like the artist is as important as the art that they create because yeah. unless you're like illegally downloading or anything like that, and even then, like, I don't know, like if, if you're a Kanye stand or whatever and you're um, playing, you know, and you're playing music around your friends or, you know, you're giving streams on Spotify and things like that, like, but you're like, oh, you know, I don't agree with him as a person, but like, I like his music, <laughs> like I enjoy his music. You are in supporting him. Yep. You are inherently supporting him because you are financially supporting him and because you are like spreading his word and like all of these things. So it so in things like that where like I have a moral like disruption. I don't know what the phrasing I'm I'm trying um, to find. You like, have a moral like responsibility or, or or yeah, a moral qualm. Yeah, better. like a moral qualm with the the artist or the qualm author. Is such a funny word. I love that word. Um then I think it is important to mm-hmm. like, like you can't separate the two. You can't. Yeah. Anyway. No, no. Yeah. So literally, um, I know, like I said the other day that little women, I think is fun, uh, because like knowing that Louisa May Alcott was rumored to have been a lesbian and she saw so much of herself in Joe does lend as you read Joe with mm-hmm. new subtext. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can read all of Twilight without knowing that Stephanie Meyer is Mormon and you won't miss out on anything. But once you find out that Stephanie Meyer is Mormon, Twilight makes a lot more sense. There are three, my favorite little facts. So there's a scene in the Twilight books where Bella pulls her hair up in a ponytail, wears like a long sleeve blue shirt and a floor length khaki skirt. And Edward literally growls in her ear being like, you are the sexiest that you've ever looked. You can just read that. Knowing she's Mormon, funnier. They, there's there's a scene where they're like, we have to stop Edward before he exposes himself and gets himself killed. And she's like, I've been up for hours, God, and I chugged my 11th Diet Coke. And you're like, why can't you just drink cough? Uh. Interesting. Interesting. And then they were like, I won't touch you until we're married. The pro-life thing. The I fact that the... I did not know that she was Mormon until this moment. <laughs> and I'm like, the... um. Oh my god, Volturi are just Catholics. They're literally in Rome. They have like the vibes of everything. They have like blood sacrifices to keep themselves in power. Um, the racism. Like <laughs> hell be he's like, we can't we can't have sex until we get married, because then I'm gonna go to hell, Edward, you're immortal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um but and I think genuinely, like as a writer, I disagree with the idea because it's a fun thought exercise, but like if I'm writing something, all of my influences are going to be in it. Just yeah. because I wrote something doesn't mean it just like, like exists, exists. Every like the, my personal beliefs, how I, my writing style, the world around me, it impacts my stuff. And it's kind of naive to think that you can just separate it like that. And also like, I feel like that'll be an increasingly more and more unpopular idea because we want our media to be authentic. Like it would be nice to know if the story about a Latina lesbian was written by a white guy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, in that case, I think it is important to know, like, not that you need to know the author's entire life story, but you could be like, this author moved to Guam and learned from the people there. And you can be like, oh, okay, cool. I can see that. Like Mm -hmm. instead of just like someone, not necessarily that you need to prove your credentials to write anything, but I think that is going to be a more and more popular method of knowing where our stuff comes from is knowing if all these fun facts about the person who made it um and there's like another category of death of the author that the writer isn't the authority on what they made 
Like people will go up to authors or scriptwriters at cons or like, you know, creators of TV shows and just be like, what happens next? Like, can you confirm my headcanon? Like they think that the creator's opinion holds a higher legitimacy than your average fan. And so this subset of Death of the Author disagrees with that. And one of the biggest proponents of this idea is actually John Green. Mm. John Green, uh, the Fault in Our Stars man himself, he has three quotes. He goes, I know that books seem like the ultimate thing that's made by one person, but that's not true. Every reading of a book is a collaboration between the reader and the writer who are making the story up together. They belong to their readers now, which is a great thing because the books are more powerful in the hands of my readers than they could ever be in my hands. Basically saying that the fan or like the reader or whoever takes in the work, make more noise, I'm sorry. Whoever takes in the work has just as much of a right to take the story or say what it is or isn't about than the actual creator does. The story is entirely out of the writer's control once they're done finishing it. His books mean whatever you think they mean. He has no say. So mm-hmm. basically, if right now I'm like, the Bible is gay fan fiction because I said so. I'm just as legitimate as actual Bible scholars, as mm-hmm. priests, as anyone, because I read it that way. So that's what the story means, because that's what I say that it means. Thoughts? I think that's really interesting, because I... I think similarly to Mr. Green. Um, we have a lot in common. Yeah, books belong to readers. He's also in Indiana. Um, in no way! Yeah, yeah, he is, he is. Um, anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, mm. And I, like, went through, when I was in, like, my film bro phase in high school, which I'm, like, still a little bit in, but I try to be less, like, annoying about it. <laughs> um, I was very, like, into, like, films with like ambiguous endings mm-hmm. and I loved things that like could have multiple interpretations um because I think it it does create a stronger relationship like between the viewer or the reader um and the the piece of work um and I agree with with what he's saying to the extent of like if you're a writer or an artist or whatever once your work is out there, you have no control over how it is going to be interpreted. Yeah. And, and interpreted. In- interpreted. Oh my god. <laughs> Twitterpated. Guys. <laughs> Interpreted. I said it and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> You're like, I am I really smart? And I'm like, no. Interpreted. Um, you have no control over how it's going to be interpreted. Um And because of that, I think as an author or an artist or whatever, you do have to give up some of that control. And I actually really appreciate that him as an author is aware of that and is is like encouraging of it. Because I think there are a lot of artists who are like obviously very protective over their work. Mm -hmm. And then one person will say something like, oh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting because of this, this and this. And like, I I thought that their motivations behind this. And then like the artist will get defensive about it because they're like, well, that's not what I intended. Like, that's not what I meant. But it's like, it's out of your control at at a certain extent. You can't go back and rewrite it. Exactly. I mean, you could, but you can't. Yeah. So I honestly, I I would say I I agree with Mm. with that. No, the death of the author um, as a as a literary concept is one of those things that can really only work in theory because what they're like, basically they say later on that once you learn subtext, you can't unlearn it. So like you would, unless you're literally buying a book it's like the cover is blank. You have no idea what it's titled. You have mm-hmm. no idea who wrote it. You just read the book as it is and don't tell anyone about it. Then you can practice death of, death of the author because at that point, you have no idea anything about the author's life, their influences, who they were, what type of evil person they were, how they thought about the world, who cares. But the second you're like, hey, I read this book and they're like, oh my gosh, I love that author. Did you hear that she like, you know, was Dutch for a period of time? Okay, well then, that's already the theory of death of the author has been ruined because now you have some information about the author that you didn't have previously that you look back and you're like, Oh, I can see the influences. Yeah. Uh, You know, like, so it's a, it's one of those things where like, it really only works in theory, almost never in practice. Um, you really have to like the, the existence of book clubs would kill the idea of death of the author. Um, and the meaning that this phrase death of the author has been bastardized in modern fandom to be basically be like interchangeable with the phrase separate art from the artist um and it's kind of like that but kind of not you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. death of the author is basically just being like um the author it itself should like doesn't really matter when it comes to what's on the page and separate art from the artist is kind of saying that but people say separate art from the artist 
because they want to absolve themselves of guilt when the yeah. creator of their favorite thing they made turns out to be a garbage person. Like, quick, how can I consume the things I love without feeling bad that I'm supporting a monster who only has a platform because people like me refuse to deplatform them? Um, a huge example of an author deep in this conversation that always bring, is brought up is H.G. Wells. He was a brilliant writer with so much impact on the world of science fiction, of literature, who just happened to be also one of the most racist people alive. He was racist towards people I didn't even think you could be racist towards. It was incredible. Um, like, do you separate him from his work? And like, there's a lot of subtext in his stuff about the fear of the other, of being replaced, the fear of the unknown. And like, once you have that voice in the back of your head, it's kind of hard to not see the influences of like a very, you know, racist British man thinking about the world when you read his stuff. Um, it's kind of hard to, to unsee the subtext once you know about it. And so that's mostly we've been talking about the literary sphere. Um, for film, where there's hundreds of people involved, you know, different viewpoints for how the story is going to come together from the director to the cinematographer, the composer, it's hard to pin like one entire movie all on one person, right? So be like, it's hard to be like one person's vision because film is inherently a collaborative media. It's harder when they like bank on that name and then it's like a Roman Polanski feature and you're like, damn it! Or it's like produced by Harvey Weinstein. And you're like, no! And when, the, when their name is all over it, then you yeah. can be like, ooh, this is just them. But for film, there's more of a conversation it's a gray area um like yeah did you see that movie yeah but the lead actor has a sexual assault case against them or the producer has been like is going to jail for like whatever mm -hmm. and the director is a piece of shit who fled to spain like but it's it's there's more i can think of like a conversation that can be had between like a film where there's like you know hundreds of people come together to make one thing it's kind of it seemed you know unfair to pin a lot of blame on yeah. on that one particular thing on just one person but for authors writing a book that is them that was just them their brains and like their agent their publisher their editors they can give notes they can give suggestions but at the end of the day it, it is just them um uh -huh. coming up with most of it i feel like music is a similarly um i mean like music is still a collaborative process obviously but i feel like there's way more the the scales tip more towards the artist than like the producer than like the yeah <laughs> whoever um especially if you look at the credits for songwriting and it's like um melody lyrics composition all by one person you'd be like oh that's their stuff yeah it's different if you know if they're a band um or if you know they're just like a justin bieber song where like he may sing it but he didn't write it he didn't produce it he didn't edit it he didn't you know shout out the rap verse at the end like it's a little different mm -hmm. who gets well, the money who gets the credit that's that's the thing that gets me is like who is getting the money because like yeah. i don't know i i think of like for actors like kevin spacey mm -hmm. i personally like like i'm not gonna go out of my way to watch a kevin spacey movie but like if he's in a movie like i don't really feel a lot of moral guilt watching it because he's already made the money off the movie yeah um and like there might be residuals but like for film that's not really a thing yeah. and like even with like netflix like netflix residuals fucking suck like yeah like i'm not super concerned with like something like that for example mm -hmm. obviously if it's like a new movie with kevin spacey like i'm not gonna go and watch it yeah um but if it's something that's like been around and like he like he already got his check for that you know like it's not i think at the most deal. you watch it and you go ooh, like yeah. and you go like tug your collar yeah well and again it's such a collaborative thing like it's not like it's a one-man show like there are yeah. other actors in it there are other creators there are other writers and directors and like you know things like that mm -hmm. um but with music you are getting residuals off of that song with every single listen um and i i do think the residual i mean this is a whole other conversation but like the residual model with like spotify and um and like apple music and things like that is something that like a lot of artists complain about because you're yeah. not getting as much as when like itunes was was a bigger thing yeah. um but like you are still getting money off of every single play um so for me musicians it's a lot harder to like that's a lot harder of a pill to swallow, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's even harder when, like, the creator of the thing that, like, you know, a lot of the t the, the credit for it is being pinned on them turns into a bigoted, 
nightmare. It's almost impossible to not like go back and see like the seedlings of where these hateful ideas even spouted. Um, Okay, one of the big elephants in the room is JK Rowling. I have to go into it. Because I was talking with someone recently and they're like, yeah, I know she's a turf, but like, as far as I know, she just like liked some tweets. And that's what we're all getting upset about. And I think that's where that's how it started. Around 2019, um, Joanne was on Twitter, just like seemingly like liking some pretty hardcore transphobic stuff. But like, old people have fat thumbs, you know, and she seemed to like unlike them pretty soon after. And so a lot of people chalked that up to a mistake. And then she started like retweeting things, right? And so I think that's one of the point when people like either stopped and started and ended their like research into how off the deep end she's gone. Um, and even I was like, okay, literally, w- what has she done? She might have been bitchy and annoying on Twitter. Who isn't? <laughs> you know, Frankly. like, uh, what else has she done? Ah. So I literally, there's a timeline. It keeps getting worse because I feel like the more vague people are about like, and I'm just going to really go into Joanne because like I have more of a personal relationship with her because I don't, and I'll go a little bit into more of like creators that I have to work around. Um, but I know JK Rowling the best, um, unfortunately. So <laughs> She's a close and personal friend. Oh, I would no, die. I would kill myself. No. So I feel like if we're, the more vague we are about her, we're more like, yeah, she's a bad person. The more people are like, okay. I feel like if you give examples, then you really are like, there's no excuse for this. So come along with me as Ooh. I go through a timeline of this one woman's descent into madness. I'm strapping in. Cause honestly, I, I really don't know that much. Okay. I just know. So yeah, around 2020, she had, um, liked a couple things, retweeted a couple things, um, outwardly voiced her support for one woman who was starting up a big case in the UK because she got fired for being transphobic. And JK Rowling was like, what did she do wrong? And so already people were like, careful, Joanne. Like, um, that might, like, people were already mad at her, pissed off with her, but it really got off the deep end. Around 2020, she released an essay, um, basically a one woman stand against um, trans movement in general and it's just one giant essay of like misrepresented data like please like we need to think of the children um inclusive language is anti-woman the whole trans movement is just all misogyny i was attacked once and now all these trans people are making me feel like i'm going to be attacked again why is twitter mad at me she's like a quote many health professionals are concerned that young people struggling with their mental health are being shunted towards hormones and surgery when this may not be in their best interests many myself included believe we are watching a new kind of conversion therapy for young gay people who are being set on a lifelong path of medicalization which so many things to unpack of why that is bullshit but number one i don't know what it is in the uk but i doubt it's much different than the us doctors aren't just like you get hormones. (laughs) You get hormones. Every trans person I've ever heard or talked to has talked about how difficult it is to get anyone to even believe them, much less the fact that doctors were like just throwing them. Like doctors will throw you Lexapro. Doctors will throw you, um, yeah, if you have a problem with your skin, it's straight to, um, why can't I think of it right now? Oh my God, I can't think of it either. You know know what I'm thinking of? Yeah, the like intense acne pill. Uh, Accutane. Yes. There will be things that doctors will just throw at you. Um, Hormones and gender assignment surgery are not one of them. Um, On September 14th, 2020, her book Troubled Blood sparked yet another round of... I got all this from a CNN article. (laughs) Sparked another round of outrage after an early review began making the rounds. The book follows a detective on the hunt for a cis male serial killer who dresses as a woman to gain access to women's spaces to hunt and murder cis women. The Telegraph's review describes it as, quote, a book whose moral seems to be never trust a man in a dress. Hmm. Dave Chappelle defended her, which... Oh, good. I'm going to trust <laughs> Dave Chappelle's opinion. Yeah. In December of 2021... Um, in another controversial tweet, Rowling shares an article from the Times of London about, quote, the absurdity. So basically, um, the police in Scotland were like, hey, um, if we have rapists on file, uh, we will put it as a woman if they identify that way. That's all they put. Joanne tweeted, she quoted 1984, which if you already know, if anyone quotes 1984, they're going to say the most stupid bullshit that you've ever fucking heard in your life. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Strength. The penis individual who raped you was a woman. March 2022. Rowling criticizes a bill that would make legally changing gender even easier. And a few days later on International Women's Day, she tweeted, Today will become We Who Must Not Be Named Day. In August of 2022, she began promoting her new novel, The Ink Black Heart, published under her pen name, Robert Galabrath. In the book, which is over a thousand pages long, 
A YouTube-based cartoonist work is accused of being racist, transphobic, and ableist. She's then doxxed, threatened with rape and death, and is ultimately stabbed to death in a cemetery. It's a book that takes aim at social justice warriors who get mad at an author who they believe is doing something wrong. And most recently, Rowling compares trans rights movement to Death Eaters. In episode five of the podcast, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, the author describes the trans movement as dangerous. Here's an excerpt. Some of you have not understood the books. The Death Eaters claimed, we have been made to live in secret, and now is our time, and any who stand in our way must be destroyed. If you disagree with us, you must die. They demonized and dehumanized those who were not like them. I am fighting what I see as a powerful, insidious, misogynistic movement that has gained huge purchase in a very influential areas of society. I do not see the this particular movement as either benign or powerless, so I'm afraid I stand with the women who are fighting to be heard against threats of loss of livelihood and threats to their safety. So if you don't know, Death Eaters were her um, idea of what Nazis were. So in her new mind, that's that. So already, we've reached the end of our timeline. That was very recent. That was March of 2023. That was Ooh. last month. She said that. Joanne. <laughs> so it's it's more than just like going off the deep end, whatever. And I sorry, I just no, have to, please, please I have to stop in. real quick. Um, what a fucking ego you have to have to publish a thousand page novel. Fan fiction about if someone came and killed you. Like, that's just just <laughs> I feel like that's what gets me. If, if you don't know, I feel like I've talked about it on the pod before, but I have like a two hour limit for movies. <laughs> and if a movie is over two hours, it has to be damn fucking good. And it has to earn those extra minutes after yeah. the two hours. Because I wasted so much time watching <laughs> three hour movies that fucking suck. That could have had an hour taken off. Anyway, that's, that's my whole thing. But it's like... You are going to write a thousand pages that is basically like a fan fiction about your own life and publish it and be like, mm, yes, yes, people are going to love this. People are going to read this. Yeah. Who is time? Who, uh, what? What? Who is time to read a thousand pages? Like, I understand. I understand there are a lot of very long, very great books that like people love, but that's that takes an ego. That takes an ego. Which she does have. <sighs> no. So yeah, obviously this like. And if this was just an author, you know, like just a children's author going off her, her deep end, you could be like, okay, that's really disappointing. We will unpack that later. But the at the end of the day, it's just an author. Wrong. So she has become one of the largest global anti-trans voices, painting everyone who disagrees with her as a trans reactionary terrorist. And in fact, the Pink News reports in last year, uh, not to last year, 2021, that J.K. Rowling and anti-trans rhetoric have caused, quote, significant damage to the UK and international LGBTQ reports. Um, so apparently in the UK, turfdom, which if you don't know the turf, it's a not a slur. I wish it was. I'm going to use it as one. It's an, 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 an acronym mm -hmm. for a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Basically, um, I hate trans people because I love women. And it's like, break your bones. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so apparently turfiness is way more of a thing over in the UK than it is there. But basically, like, her power and her influence is so large because, like, your average everyday person, you're like, oh, JK Rowling, I know that voice. She's way more famous and way more powerful than the, like, average lived lives of trans people yeah. that, you know, are just people. May not be, like, someone you personally disagree with because they're just a person. Um, but, yeah, it's, like you were saying earlier, it's very hard to separate, you know. There's a difference between, like, a dead creator, right, who's mm -hmm. been dead for 50 years with a checkered past. And you can just be like, ugh, product of the time. Like, you can, you can do whatever mental gymnastics you need to do to read a really good book that has, like, problematic elements because it was published in 1910. You know what I mean? Or, like, the, this creator, this yeah. author has a checkered past. When it's like you can have enough critical thinking to, yeah. like unpack those those parts of it and and you know dig deeper but sorry yeah continue. but a living creator who is alive actively profiting from it using their wealth and power to actively advocate against marginalized mm -hmm. groups it's way harder to do that and i was like yeah i got jk rowling i got kanye and melanie martinez is a little bit JK and Kanye are in their own sphere because I feel like for most of the separate art from the artist, it's just like my artist came out as like someone who might, who might've done bad things who aren't good. Joanne and Kanye are like actively trying to silence and hurt people. But Melanie Martinez, are you familiar? I, I think with her? so. Yeah. With like her friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
there was this widespread rumor that like the person who would so melanie martinez was accused of um raping her best friend and um there was a widespread internet rumor that went around that like the friend confirmed that it was all fake and everyone just kind of went back to being like yay melanie is freed that never happened the confession was a photoshopped image that was spread um and in fact because i'm like whatever so many popular artists get accused of sexual assault and and racism and battery all the time and all they have to like fucking chris brown they just have to sit there and wait for it all to go away mm-hmm. because you deny it vehemently but melanie how can she like everyone's like yay she's innocent melanie martinez's innocent party and i'm like she admitted it she admitted to doing it on twitter she how she admitted it um but yeah it's and that's another like artist but it's it's different for artists like, you know, Joanne and Kanye. Like you're saying, they're so wrapped up in the things that they make. It's almost impossible to divorce the two. Like, Graduation mm-hmm. is Kanye. No one else could have made that. It can, It's so much of, like, his own life, his own experiences, his own, like, beliefs that you, like, they are entwined. Mm-hmm. And um, Joanne has made very careful work for, like, the past decade to put herself in the world of Harry Potter more than your average author does to the point where like harry potter is jk rowling like and she's made herself very prominent and important in all of that which is probably why they're so emboldened to say the shit that they say because they know their fans will have a hard time letting them go yeah like you can't get mad at him he made graduate so (laughs) so who cares and if i was if i was jk rowling i would just be like if i have these genuine like beliefs and so I, I like, you know, I, I dip my toe in the water. I like a couple of like problematic things and people get mad. Right. But then more people don't get mad. And then my money doesn't go away. Yeah. And so then I say something a little bit more and then I couldn't help but notice that none of my money goes away. And then she's like welcomed with open arms by these like very enthusiastic group of people who are so glad to have someone as like huge as JK Rowling on their side that she's like falls into this group of people that's only going to get more and more secular and more and more like isolated from your average person and more and more extreme as the time goes on. I don't think JK Rowling's going to like re- have a redemption arc anytime no. soon where she's like, guys, I was wrong. <laughs> I realize I've now learned. that I'm wrong. Like even like, um, turfiness in the uk is like a genuine problem and there was one um like quote-unquote protest where basically a couple of like cis women were like down with trans people and someone got hit with a can of soup (laughs) i don't even not not a can because that's like a thing but i think someone like poured soup on her Uh and jk rowling was basically like lighting liking tweets that only made it out to be like a fucking ambush and like oh my god the yeah well and something i was thinking earlier too when you were mentioning like authors that like literally are dead and have had like checkered past and stuff it's like you know everything that they've done you know every like problematic thing that they've said or every Mm. you know everything that they've done with people who are still alive it could get worse exactly it's like you don't know what their next step is going to be you don't know what the next thing they're going to say is you don't know the next movement they're going to lead like that's when it gets very troublesome Mm -hmm. um and i mean obviously it's already troublesome enough to like have these like opinions and views and like to have this influence over so many people i think that's the biggest thing is like we all know that kanye has influence yeah and that he is influencing thousands millions of like mostly men um to like follow him and to believe these certain beliefs and, and to, um, you know, admire the other people who he raises a platform for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't know what is going to happen next. And I think especially since like it's happening now, we can see like the immediate impact that these people are having. And you're so right. It's, it's like, if, they're going to say these things without any consequence and so many people i feel like so many people are like well it's just words it's just what they're saying and it's like no you know if this was like your average fucking like grocery store clerk with like four friends like yeah i mean like obviously still a piece of shit but like you know not that big of an influence they're not gonna like impact that many people in their day-to-day lives but these people who have these giant platforms that are not being deplatformed anytime soon Mm -hmm 
are, are continually saying these things and influencing these people to believe certain ideologies that are harmful, mm-hmm. that are literally harmful to people's lives. Like that, it's it's just such a big issue, and it, it infuriates me so much because I feel like, especially with Kanye, mm-hmm. I I haven't heard that many people defending J.K. Rowling. Like I feel like just our general like friend group is just like, oh, J.K. Rowling sucks. Yeah. Um, but like with Kanye, I I feel like I I could name a couple people in my head who like are Kanye supporters, and they're like, yeah, like he's done some fucked up things, and like I don't agree with his beliefs, but like his music is so good, and it's like, bro get a fucking grip, get a fucking grip and find someone else, find yeah. someone else. And and you know what? If you already own CDs, if you already bought the music on iTunes and you really like it that much, whatever, listen to it. It's fine. But like, don't, don't stream him. Don't follow him. Yeah. Don't like actively be like, Oh my God, he's the best artist. He's a fucking genius. Like, like don't actively support him. That's what gets me. Yeah. No, my my I my mom got me a ton of Jeffree Star makeup. Am I gonna mm. go full like conservative and start burning that shit? Yeah. That's just I oh my it's God. mine already. I own I own <laughs> the Shane Dawson palette. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But it's like Yeah, like destroying I, it. What is that? The money's yeah, already I'm given. Like they already have the fucking money. What am I gonna do? You That's know? why I have like my Jeffree Star mirror and like, yeah. you know, a couple of his of his glosses, but um, but yeah, like, how do you reconcile that fact that this creator made something so formative, so important, so personal to you that you love? And also the fact that the creator is a terrible person who thrives on your money and attention. How do you compartmentalize those two ideas? Because once you see it, it's so hard to unsee it. Like once I saw like the little tittering of gross shit in Harry Potter and the fucking annoying way that she writes accents verbatim on the page. So I had to say them out loud to understand what she was trying to say, like those word games. Mm-hmm. that you have to like, put on your forehead and be like, oh, that's what the uh-huh. saying is. <laughs> I had to do that with her sh- with her shit. Her world building is flimsy. Her like writing style isn't that great. I can't unsee that. And like, so you you can control the way that you interact with, with anything, but you have no control over what the creator does with their influence, what they believe. And that can seem unfair. Like suddenly this thing that means so much to me is ruined because this person who made it decided to go full Nazi. And if I engage with them at all, I'm saying with my wallet and my internet presence and making what goes trending and what goes streaming numbers, whatever, that I encourage this, that I agree. And you're right. That's not fair. Like, if, if it sounds like when I'm describing J.K. Rowling, if it sounds like I'm angry and bitter, it's because I fucking am. My first Tumblr handle was J.K. Rowling is Jesus. I idolized this woman. I thought that she was the greatest thing ever. And to just, like, literally her stupidity ruined it for me. And I know you're you're probably sitting there like, that's not, like, you shouldn't let just one person's words, you know, like, ruin how you view something. But, like, it's like a it's like a film that covers over everything. It's like the nostalgia goggles have been ripped off mm-hmm. and suddenly I can see all the flaws that I didn't see there before. And you could go full John Green, right? You could go like, no, it's out of her hands now. The work belongs to us. And it kind of does, but it also kind of doesn't. Um, like, my, like the only way that I've been navigating this so far and the, like the only advice that I have, because it's a nuanced topic and I have no answers. Like I'm not yeah. about to be like whatever, is to become an invisible fan. Like, if you want to read Harry Potter, there are, like, go to a Goodwill right now. They have the entire series for yeah. two fifty. That money will not go to JK. That money will go to Goodwill. Not great also. But, like, it's not Joanne. And you can still interact and read them, I mean, if you want to, completely, like, removed, and you just choose to not care. But then there's, like, and same with, like, you know, I I still listen to occasionally some Melanie Martinez music because I legally downloaded her album five years ago when I was in high school. Oh, my God. Was I in high school five years ago? No, I wasn't. I'm going to throw up. When I was in high school, however, <laughs> however many years ago that was. Um, and so she doesn't get any of my streaming numbers. She doesn't get, like, any of my money. But that's, like, bare minimum. If you talk about them on the Internet, remember, like, I said earlier in, like, another podcast episode that the more we're going into a streaming world, the more we're going into, like, a world that's fully online – um, a lot of, um, you know, higher ups will see if something is trending on Twitter um, or if something is getting a lot of online engagement that's just as important to them as, you know, like like streaming numbers, viewing numbers, whatever. And so even just like making J.K. Rowling trending 
is giving like they're like oh she's a hot button whatever she's a hot button topic even if like you're silent and you buy like secondhand harry potter merch like you don't buy the merch directly from target but you were scrolling through the thrift store and you found this like t-shirt that like has hogwarts on it and like whatever if you engage with fandom secondhand um if you like completely remove yourself from the equation you're and like if you still talk about it in fan spaces they see that you're you're like still engaging with the fork on tumblr and you're making it in twitter instagram you're making it relevant to the point where like game devs will be like oh people still really enjoy hogwarts let's make a giant video game about it oh people still really care about hogwarts well let's reboot the entire fucking thing with jk rowling as executive producer so even like which is such a it should just tell you honestly how angry i am because as a kid that's all i wanted i wanted them because i hated the movies because as a kid all that matters is book accuracy you don't Mm -hmm. know anything about like pacing or like score or like set design or acting even you care is it direct like from the book to the screen and all i wanted all i said that i wanted for years was i wanted someone to make like a book to season tv show following the books exactly and i'm getting what i want now and i'm like i don't fucking want it i don't I went to the the Universal Studios and the first time I went, I cried because I'm like, oh my God, it's real. And like, I was like 14 and I was sobbing and I got my little wand and I got my little whatever. And I went back recently and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Can we go to Jurassic? But like, I'm angry that someone who I have never met has ruined something for me. And, And I think it's just part, yeah, it is unfair. But I think, in my opinion, part of adulthood is understanding that your idols or the people that you look up to, like your parents even, or your family members, people that you you know look up to, they can't all be good. And trying to like force yourself into that childlike wonder and love for a franchise is neglecting the responsible thing of being an informed consumer, of knowing where your money goes. You can like, I guess, just like plug your ears and close your eyes all you want and just like, you know, blindfoldedly give these people your money and like try not to worry about that. But there's no situation now where you can be guilt-free. The creator put the guilt there. What you do with it now says more about you than it says about them. So, like, it's either going to become a guilty pleasure one way or another. It's either a guilty pleasure that you keep to yourself or it's a guilty pleasure that you just tell people. But the guilt is not going to go away. That's the unfair part, and that's the part that you can get mad about the creator all you want just to be like, you asshole! Why are you, like, continually ruining this Mm -hmm. for me every time I go online? the creator my favorite singer my favorite author is fucking something over that they have no right fucking over and you can use you know death of the author but the problem is death of the author is an intellectual solution to a moral problem death of the author is just what you use if you want to engage with a text not if you want to proceed with a moral standard for yourself um yeah this is just like it always it seems so relevant and i mean you can say to like everything with you know Harry Potter, you can say, like, boycott the the video game. No one fucking did that. It made a bunch of money. You can be like, no one wants the HBO Max show, but they're going to make it. And it's probably going to get a ton of views. And it's like, and it can seem so frustrating. I even, I was talking about this with um, with someone the other day where it's like, that's just an unrealistic solution. Mm -hmm. Just be like, boycott Harry Potter. It's not just her. It's like, you know, you have like game developers and whatever, whatever. And you have other people that are in charge of it. And it's unrealistic to just say like, hey, don't do this. And I'm like, trans activists ask us for so little. They really do. They ask us to respect their pronouns and to stick up for them. And if we can't even do a boycott properly, what are we fucking made of jelly? Do we have no spines at all? Like, you, you can't even avoid one thing. Just buy the movie secondhand and watch them in the comfort and privacy of your own home. No one's telling you that you can't enjoy Harry Potter anymore, but just fucking do it quietly. Yeah, yeah. No, people, people love to think that they can absolve themselves from any, like, moral responsibility mm. um, because they're like, well, every no one else is doing it. Yeah. They're like, well, my one, you know, me as one person, like, boycotting the series isn't going to do anything if everyone else does it. And it's like, okay, then, like, what what is the difference? What is the difference if if one less person? Because the thing is, it's like, well, then maybe you can talk to your friends who are interested in it. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to watch that. Like, only, this is, here's the thing. You just need to bully people. 
in bring bullying back. <laughs> bring bullying back. You just need to be like, oh, what fucking loser would watch the new Harry Potter series? Uh make them ashamed. Yeah, shame them. Shame them. Stone them. them. No, I'm shame. <laughs> shame. Bring back public shamings. Yeah. Where where has society gone? Um, but it's like you as one person, like I, th- th- this is like <laughs> not a great example, but, um, I am, I guess I'm, I'm pescatarian now. I do, I do eat fish, but I was vegetarian for like five years. Um, I did it for like environmental reasons. Um, and a lot of older people would always be like, well, it's just like one per like, you're just one person. Mm-hmm. Like you're not making that big of an impact. You're just one person. But it's like, if every single person thought that way, nothing would get done. Literally nothing would get done if every single person was like, well, I'm just one person because it takes one person and then it takes another person and then it takes another person. Like it's a collective effort and you should be a part of that collective if it's something that like you morally agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's the end of that. I, I do think, I think, again, it's a very nuanced topic mm-hmm. um, where if, if we're taking out like moral dilemmas of like creators and we're just talking about works in general of like whether their lives influence it or not, I do think it's it's a, a twofold thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yes, the author's influence absolutely goes into their work. Of course it does. You'd like have to be fucking stupid to not think that. But at the same time, like your own influence is going to, or like your own lives and, and, and whatnot is going to influence the way that you interpret a work. Yep. Um, and that is also going to impact, you know, how you consume something. Um, but when it comes to problematic authors and artists, you know, like the ones that we've talked about, like, that separation becomes honestly less complicated, I would say, because it's just like, oh shit, like they are gaining from my like acknowledgement of this work and from my, you know, enjoyment of this Mm -hmm. work or whatever. Um, And through those gains, they are able to expand their platform and speak on problematic things that I morally disagree with. Like, I feel like that makes it less complicated. It's like, okay, then just don't support them. Like you can acknowledge, here's the thing with with separating art from an artist. I can acknowledge that Kanye is like a good music producer. Mm -hmm. Like he he is, He's, he's a talented music producer. He's also, in my opinion, a horrible fucking person. I never, he was on my shit list since the (laughs) Taylor Swift VMAs and he's only remained shittier as the years go on. I've never been like, I've never seen a single clip of Kanye West where I'm like, he's changed my mind. Yeah. He's good. And it's like, I can, I can acknowledge that both of those things can be true while also being like, yeah, I'm not going to give him a fucking platform yeah. just because he makes like decent music. There are tons of people who make really great music mm-hmm. who don't say shit that he does and who, who don't platform themselves the way that he does. Like, it's just, it, I feel like people try and make it this like complicated thing and like, it's really, it's just really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get it. Like in a perfect world, I would just like the things that I like and not care where it comes from. And I might be happier doing that, genuinely. But just, like, living in willful ignorance seems more cruel to me. Just, like, knowing that you're doing something wrong, but you would rather not sacrifice anything at the expense of just living, like, your most, um, like, I don't want to say happiest, but, like, most, um whatever you don't want to sacrifice anything mm-hmm. and um if you hear that your favorite person has like th- that made something that you love has done something bad you go oh well i'm gonna pretend i didn't hear that um and then i'm just gonna keep streaming and then people are like hey um by the way like they're causing active harm it's not just like a one and done like your favorite so-and-so was accused of sexual assault and whatever it's like hey your so-and-so is a fucking nazi and might be running for president and might be one of the leadest like one of the most leading like transphobic voices in the world right now and it's it's it gets harder for you to justify that to yourself and i get it that's not fair but you 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 don't get mad at the people telling you to stop get mad at the person who put you in that position in the first place yeah. i would give anything to just not not to think about harry potter that way but i can't because it's in there and i can't not take it out it's like the same death of the author principle only works in theory never in practice mm-hmm. um once i hear all that shit i can't unpeel that from her world that's who she is. And the way that she feels about people that are different, believe it or not, there are kind of sprinkled in, in Harry Potter. Has she fucking lost the plot and is now like convinced that the the bad guys that she wrote 
are not the people that she <laughs> is associating herself with and instead are the people that she is now putting the blame on. Yes, she has lost the plot. But like you were saying earlier, but I think even like last episode, this shit doesn't come completely out of nowhere. Um, I, I've i never been completely blindsided by something. Except maybe Ned from the Try Guys cheating on his wife. I was blindsided <laughs> by that one. But usually, I mean, there's a, there's a shock and then you look back at their body of work and you go, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's like the signs were there. And I just didn't see it because I didn't have that context. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this was this this was a this was a good one. This was an interesting one. What if it was a really quiet one? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> let's pray. Let's pray that the audio is okay. Um, I'm. We'll see. We'll see. And hopefully next time I can get it figured out because I I literally like guys. I restarted my computer like two times. <laughs> I unplugged, replugged everything. I like restarted the apps multiple times. I don't know what is happening. Um. So hopefully the audio works. Oh, and also if you're watching the YouTube video, I don't have headphones in um, because I left my headphones at home. <laughs> it's so, been a shit show this morning. Yeah, so we're um, we're just we're just holding it together with with a band aid and 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 praying <laughs> praying that it works. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. Maybe would, this never gets published. Uh, I wish I had more concrete answers for you because it's something that I'm also struggling with. But just yeah. like honestly, be more. People should feel shame more. Yeah, I feel like the internet has has. Made us shameless. Bring back shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Bring back shame. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone every everyone could use a, a good shaming every every <laughs> once in a while. Because sometimes the and, and the thing is you leave your fucking ego at the door. I feel like I say that yeah. all the time. People have too big of egos. And it's like sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that like you fucked up or to mm-hmm. acknowledge like, oh shit, yeah, this person who I've been supporting actually does suck. And do you know what you do? you stop supporting them. Yeah. Like it's really that easy. And instead of, instead of being like, Oh, well, but I've already been supporting them. So mm, I'm just going to ignore this. I'm in too deep now. No, you're not just illegal. Just pirate. Be a pirate. (laughs) This is pro piracy. That's it from me, love. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. 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 Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.